waiting for many months. And now the 25-year-old prince, Monseigneur Louis, already King of Navarre, who was succeeding to the throne, seemed ill-endowed for sovereignty. His reputation was that merely of a cuckolded husband, and whatever could be learned from his melancholy nickname of the Outin, the Headstrong. His wife, Marguerite of Burgundy, the eldest of the princesses of the Tower of Nell, had been imprisoned for adultery, and her life was, curiously enough, to be a stake in the interplay of the rival factions. But the cost of faction, as always, was to be the misery of the poor, of those who lacked even the dreams of ambition. Moreover, the winter of 1314 to 1315 was one of famine. Part 1. The Dawn of a Reign Chapter 1. The Prisoners of Chateau Gaillard Built six hundred feet up upon a chalky spur above the town of Petit-Andely, Chateau Gaillard both commanded and dominated the whole of Upper Normandy. At this point the River Seine describes a large loop through rich pastures. Chateau Gaillard held watch and ward above the river for twenty miles up and downstream. Today the ruins of this formidable citadel can still startle the eye and defy the imagination. With the Crac des Chevaliers in the Lebanon and the towers of Roumeli Hissar on the Bosphorus, it remains one of the most imposing relics of the military architecture of the Middle Ages. Before these monuments, constructed to make conquest good or threaten empire, the imagination is obsessed by the men, separated from us by no more than fifteen or twenty generations, who built them, used them, lived in them, and sacked them. At the period of this story, Chateau Gaillard was no more than a hundred and twenty years old. Richard Coeur de Lyon had built it in two years, in defiance of treaties, to defy the King of France. Seeing it finished, standing high upon its cliff, its freshly hewn stone white upon its two curtain walls, its outer works well advanced, its portcullises, battlements, thirteen towers, and huge two-storied keep, he had cried, Oh, what a gallant, Gaillard, castle! Ten years later, Philip Augustus took it from him, together with the whole land of Normandy. Since then, Chateau Gaillard had no longer served a military purpose and had become a royal prison. Important state criminals were confined there, prisoners whom the king wished to preserve alive but incarcerate for life. Whoever crossed the drawbridge of Chateau Gaillard had little chance of ever re-entering the world. By days crows croaked upon its roofs, by night wolves howled beneath its walls. The only exercise permitted the prisoners was to walk to the chapel to hear mass and return to their tower to await death. Upon this last morning of November 1314, Chateau Gaillard, its ramparts and its garrison of archers, were employed merely in guarding two women, one of twenty-one years of age, the other of eighteen. 
Marguerite and Blanche of Burgundy, two cousins, both married to sons of Philip the Fair, convicted of adultery with two young equerries and condemned to life imprisonment as the result of the most resounding scandal that had ever burst upon the court of France. The chapel was inside the inner curtain wall. It was built against the natural rock. Its interior was dark and cold. The walls had few openings and were unadorned. Before the choir were placed three seats only, two on the left for the princesses, one on the right for the captain of the fortress. At the rear of the chapel the men-at-arms stood in their ranks, manifesting an air of boredom similar to the one they wore when engaged upon the fatigue of foraging. "'My brothers,' said the chaplain, "'today we must pray with peculiar...